It's good to be with you today. I want to have a moment of just prayer for our, uh, our gathering today, and specifically just for our world. Uh, so we can just be having a moment of prayer. I read Psalm 80 this morning, uh, and there was this refrain. It's found three different times in Psalm 80. It's found in verse 3, 7, and 19. And it says, Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. And so I just want to have a moment of prayer before I start preaching as we uh, think about the needs in our own families, in this church body, our community, the world around us, and that we could just ask God from what the psalm says, restore us, O God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. So let's have some time to pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come together as a body of believers knowing that uh, you love us and you want to restore what has been broken. And so I want to pray for our time together in your word. I want to pray for our our friends and our families and our neighbors and uh, for co-workers that might be dealing with health issues or or family members who are, are, are going through treatments or recovering Lord, we ask for healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to pray for uh, our congregation and for our leaders and our elders and deacons as they uh, listen to your voice and help us to, to pursue you with passion and a desire to make more and better followers of you. Lord, for those who are at crossroad moments in their lives just seeking some guidance and wisdom, I pray that you would pour out clarity. And Father, for those of us who are just stuck in, in, a, in a place that we don't want to be, I pray that you would help us to cast off those uh, sins and help us to restore our relationship with you that you have given to us. So Lord, if there's uh, some here that are just struggling with an addiction or, or some type of pattern of behavior that is not healthy, I pray that we could lay that down today. And Lord, as we open your word, we ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, who brings us salvation. Amen. Craig Groeschel says that most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. And so I'm thankful for our decoration team to kind of get us focused on our brains this month. We're going to spend some time Uh, using Professor Paul, the Apostle Paul, as our guide this next few weeks as we walk through some letters that Paul has written. And as I was walking through these Core 52 passages from our our Core 52 books, which we still have some available, so if you don't have a Core 52 study, uh, I encourage you, this is week number 41, I think. Uh, So check those out. There's some out there uh, in the lobby. But I looked through those, those verses for this section uh, back in the spring, and I noticed that either the verse or the, cha- the surrounding context all talk about thinking and our minds and our brains. And so I want us to really kind of delve into having the mind of Jesus this next few weeks. And we need clearer thinking in these days, would you agree? 
And I'm thankful that Mike read the same verse that I'm going to kick off today. It's from Romans chapter 8, verse 5. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to follow along. You can pull it up on your electronic device as well. We're going to be in Romans 8 uh, most of, of the time here together. Verse 1 is our core verse, which we'll get to. But I want to set this up with Romans 8, verse 5 that was read already. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So we have a choice. Do you want your mind set on flesh and what that desires? And some of the translations call it sinful nature, but I think flesh is probably a better translation. It's things that are opposed to God. Or do we want our minds set on what the Spirit desires? And so I don't like to do this, but I thought it would be fun today. So I'm going to teach you two Greek words that go along with our text. Are you ready? Hang on, you can do this because this is fun, all right? So the Greek word for flesh, are you ready? You came to church to hear this today, I know. Sarx. doesn't just sarx, S-A-R-X. It's got a cool way to make that X, though. I really like writing it. So sarx, so say, say sarx with me. Sarx. You got to get the x sound, okay? So try it one more time. Sarx rhymes with sharks. Okay, that's really, it's bad. So, sarks, sharks, bad. Scary is going to kill you, okay? That's really what the, the, the mind of the flesh will do to you. Read Paul here later and he'll tell you, okay? So, what was it again? Sarks. Good job, I like the x. Okay, all right, this other one, the word for spirit is pneuma. You can say this, pneuma, pneuma. It's actually, there's the P silent, okay? So don't worry about the P, okay? P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. Okay, it's where we get the word pneumatic. Anybody got some pneumatic tools at your house? Yeah, aren't you glad? So think about whenever next time you use that air compressor, that pneumatic hose, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, I'm serious. God's Spirit is powerful, okay? So over here, mindset on the... Sark's flesh, okay? Or we could have our mindset on the pneuma. So let's all say pneuma together. Pneuma, okay? And so it's the Holy Spirit of God, breath, wind, freshness. Just by the simple sound, which sounds nicer, Sark's or pneuma? I mean, let's be honest. Where do you want to live? We want to live in the pneuma space because the Sark's space will kill you, okay? And so this is, the, this is the battle. And so, as Groeschel says, most of life's battles are won or lost where? In the mind. And so we're going to focus on what's going on in our brains and in our minds the next few weeks here at Berlin Christian Church. And so what I want to do today in Romans 8 is, is kind of cheat, I guess. I want to look at verse 1 and verse 39, the first one and the last one. So that's how some of you did your book reports, I know. You read the first page and last page. Same thing with the sermon today, okay? Uh, so we're just going to do the verse, first verse and the last verse. We're going to fill in some gaps in between. But the first verse, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So the first part is in Christ, there's no condemnation for you. That's good news. That's verse 1. In verse 1, there's no condemnation. There is freedom. Okay? Verse 39 it basically says, in, in Christ, nothing separates you from him or from God's love. So the first part, there's no condemnation. That's good news. The second part, there's no separation. That's also good news. One hand, it's freedom. The other hand is security. We're safe. How's that sound today? You ready for this? 
Here we go. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I think it's on the, is it on the screen? Let's see if we can get it on the screen. Somewhere it's got to be there. Okay? Romans 8, verse 1. If not, you're just going to follow along in your Bible. Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's, okay, here it is. Let's read it all together out loud. Because I like reading these core verses. This is the one we need to memorize this week. It's a sen- it's not, it's barely a sentence. We don't have a period at the end. It's a little comma. We can do this. Can't we memorize this one this week? Okay, let's say it together out loud. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Put that on your heart this week, and I'm confident your week is going to go okay. Life may throw you some curveballs, but when you can quote this in the face of life's curveballs, it's going to be okay. And can I just tell you, Romans 8 is kind of my back pocket ministry verse. Whenever I walk into a bad situation, Romans 8 is one of the first places I go in the Bible. So just bookmark this. I'm serious. This really helps no matter what life throws at you. Camp out in Romans 8. I've told this to couples that are not sure if they want to stay married. I've talked with with families when they're getting ready to bury loved ones. Romans 8. Just live in Romans 8, and life gets a pretty good perspective. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Do you see the first word of our verse? Therefore. So whenever I get to those therefores, I've told you this before, you always need to ask yourself, what's the therefore? Therefore. Aren't you good? That's the corniest preacher joke we've got, okay? What's the therefore? Therefore. What's going on? Why is it there? It's a little bitty word that connects some ideas, and so you've got to grab what's before it, and it's going to lead you into what's after it. Are you ready? So we've got to flip the page in my Bible to Romans 7, 21, through the rest of the chapter. This is uh, the theme that's leading into that, therefore. It's the last paragraph right before that. So Paul writes, Romans chapter 7, verse 21. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Can I get a witness? Anybody there? I want to do the right thing, but boy, oh boy, there's some things in the line that I just can't quite whip yet. Paul knows what you're talking about. Romans 7 is all about that struggle. Verse 22, for in my inner being, my inner person... I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? We're in trouble. We've got a big question. Who's going to rescue me? He gives you the answer in the next verse. Just keep reading. Verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. Trace that through the epistles. It's a fun study. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sla- sinful nature or flesh, a slave to the law of sin. So this is where we're wrestling. We're wrestling this match. And then it goes into, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But we've got to get this mind thinking about what are we going to face? What is the struggle that we are against? We've got this struggle against the 
Sarks, right? Very good. Don't, don't, don't sleep on me yet, okay? Uh, so we got this struggle against the Sarks and Numa, the spirit and the flesh. And so what's going on here? I started reading, I actually, it was TED Talk, I think. Yeah, it was TED Talk. We'll give TED Talk credit for this. Daniel Amen. Maybe you've heard this guy. Maybe you haven't. His last name is like you say in church. Amen, okay? Daniel Amen uh, was a brain, brain specialist, a psychiatrist. He did brain scans, did a lot of studies on formal, former NFL players and, and their brains. And I'll let you read, read those results uh, on your own. But he talks about having healthy brains or unhealthy brains. Are you ready for this? Okay. It's not that hard to con- of a concept. But he says there's some things that cause brains to be unhealthy. Your first thing is you know, you've got a brain injury. A head injury, that's going to lead to an unhealthy brain. That's really out of your control most of the time. You know, it, it, it's an accident. As things happen. Uh, there's some other things. Some of it's just genetics, or maybe there's some health concerns that maybe you've got some things to respond to, maybe not. But he talks about a high blood pressure and, and even diabetes can affect brain health. And then he talks about, you know, drugs and alcohol negatively affect brain health. I still remember growing up, and I still didn't understand this commercial, but you remember there was this, uh, it was one of those public service announcement commercials from the National Advisory of Health, blah, 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 blah. And it was an egg that a guy would crack. Do you remember this commercial? This is your brain. And I, I'm like eight years old, I'm like, my brain's an egg? I just, I'm like, I have no idea. And then like the heat got turned up, and what's the next line? This is your brain on drugs, and it's a fried egg. And I'm like, I just don't understand this thing whatsoever. But I think the idea was that drugs will fry your brain. I think that was what the commercial was trying to say. So drugs and alcohol negatively affect your brains. You've got an unhealthy brain. And he's got, Daniel Amen's got pictures. He can show you pictures. Here's what a healthy brain looks like. Here's what a brain on drugs looks like, and it's a fried egg. And so he's got these things, and he like said there's other ways that, you know, you can have healthy brains or unhealthy, and a lot of it's, you know, some of it's diet, you know, just not just going on diet, but just eating healthy can either make your brain strong and healthy or unhealthy. And he says that here in America, we're on a trajectory to have Alzheimer's just drastically increase because of a lot of the habits in our American culture. And so he's kind of got a war on, you know, let's get our brains healthy. But one of the things he said that really affects brain health are ants. Ants, A-N-T, not the bugs. He calls them automatic negative thoughts. Automatic negative thoughts. And so those things that you say to yourself, some of you said it this morning when you looked yourself in the mirror, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. You fill in the blanks. I'm not whatever. Or I hate whatever about myself. And there's these negative thoughts going in our heads and our brains all the time. Do you understand? Have you said those? Do you know which ones they are? And so wh- he says when you say that stuff to your brain, it actually help, makes your brain sick and unhealthy. And so that's the war of the sarks the flesh the flesh sets those things the evil one wants to pin you down and just say all that negative bad hurtful stuff against you and so it's going to hurt our minds so we've got this war 
So how are we going to address this? And he says, if you can squash those ants, your brains will get healthy. Your minds will get healthy. And as followers of Jesus, we need to have healthy minds. That's really what Paul's wanting. And so Romans 8 helps us to squash those ants. Are you ready? Verses 2 through, uh, what am I going to stop at? Verse 9. So Romans 8, 2 through 9, here's some ways that God's word helps us to squash those negative thoughts, those things of the flesh. Verse 2, because through Christ Jesus, the law, who gives, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires." The mind governed by the flesh is death. I told you, the flesh kills you. But the mind governed by the Spirit, pneuma, is life and peace. The mind governed by the, spirit, the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, they do not belong to Christ. God's Word helps us to squash those negative thoughts. And so I just want to walk through just some of those things that just came up. From these verses. Verse 1 says there's no condemnation. So you can squash that ant of negative thoughts saying, I am bad. Well, yes, we are sinners, but we're saved by what Jesus has done for us. There's no condemnation. That word for condemnation is, is kind of two, two-sided. One, it's that you, it's the, the, um, the sentence and the punishment. So not only are you not guilty, but you don't have to serve the time either. So that's, that's, that's important. There's no condemnation. Verse 2 says that you are set free from the sin and death. Verse 5 says that we have life and peace in God's Spirit. Verse 11 that we didn't read, it talks about that we have the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us. Verse 14, if you go on further, says that we are children of God. Verse 15 says we are not slaves to fear. Verse 17 says we are co-heirs with Christ, we are royalty. And that's just seven benefits that we can squash those negative thoughts, and we haven't even gotten through half the chapter yet. I haven't even gotten to verse 26 where it says that we don't know what to pray for, so the Spirit helps intercede for us on our behalf. And verse 28 says that we know that God works all things out for good for those who love God and have been called according to His purpose. So we have some good news that we can celebrate and and capture in our hearts and in our minds. Mark Moore challenges this week in our activity for this week's action step is to write on a piece of paper every sin, and I'm going to say every ant, every negative thought that just keeps holding on to you. You just write that down on a piece of paper. 
And then he says, and I want you to burn it. Burn the paper as a symbol that you're releasing this to God's grace. So do you got what you're going to write on your piece of paper right now? Is it in your head yet? Some of those negative thoughts, maybe it's that fleshly sarks thing that's just still dragging you away. Is there two or three things that you can write on a piece of paper right now? This is between you and God. You don't need to show it to anyone. And then light it on fire this week. Some of you are like, he just said light something on fire. Cool. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it safely, kids. Have your parents' permission. Don't play with matches. Okay? But I'm serious about this. What is, what is it that you're just like, I want this gone now? The goal for the day is that you walk out of here lighter. I don't know if you can shed any pounds in this sermon, but I do want some of this weight off your chest to be gone today. That's some of the goal of what we want to accomplish. Summarize this sermon in a sentence. It goes something like this. Freedom begins now for those who are in Jesus. You can experience God's freedom now for those who are in Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So where verse 1 reminds us that we have freedom, verse 2 reminds us that we're safe, we're secure in God's love. So I want to flip the script now, and this part's going to be a little shorter, so don't, don't, don't hold me to the time if you're like, man, he just spent a lot of time on that first verse. We're, 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 we're getting close to the end here, but I want to focus on verse 39, where it says, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But we need to get a running start on this. What are you talking about, Paul? What is this no separation that, that is here? Verse 31 through 39, Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God, love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Part of me just wants to say amen and let's go home. I mean, what else is there to say? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
There's some talk about trouble and hardship and persecution. And in verse 36, the Apostle Paul is quoting a psalm, Psalm 44. And Psalm 44 is a kind of a, a recap of, God, you did all this for us in the past. You did all this, and this is good, and you've, you've been there, and you've been there. And then there's a turn where it says, but God, we're having some tough times now. And it doesn't look like we've done anything wrong to deserve this. There's just some hardships coming along. And it'd be one thing if we were kind of following off, you know, your path, but we're still walking with you. And why is all this bad stuff happening? And it says there, it's their prayer. For your sake, God, we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. What's going on here? But like a lot of those Psalms, if you read them to the very end, God's still there. And Psalm 44 closes with verse 26. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. God, you're still there. You're not giving up on us. Your unfailing love. Paul Claudel was commenting on some of these themes and he said, the Son of Man did not come to destroy suffering, but to suffer with us. He did not come to destroy the cross, but to be stretched out upon it. Think about that for a minute. Jesus came to this earth, and he could, I mean, he was fully God, fully man. He could have just like wiped out all the bad stuff. I mean, we, we, we wouldn't have to deal with that stuff now, but he didn't destroy the suffering. He suffered with us. So I want to remind us all, these are just strange times we find ourselves living in. But Jesus, Jesus is right there with us. Nothing can separate us from God's love. So you fill in that blank of what you're dealing with. Struggle, hardship, pain, whatever it is. Put that there. And from what I, I read from Romans 8, that can't separate you from God's love either. I tried to make a little bit of a list based on what Paul has written in his list. He says, I'm convinced that death nor life, I would say job or unemployment, prayers answered or unanswered, pandemics, divorce, natural disasters, unruly kids, governments, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, I want, to walk, want you to walk out of here with some confidence saying, no matter what faces me when I leave these doors today, that can't separate me from God's love in Jesus. Does that encourage you, my friends? Does that give us a little bit of a spring in our step to say, okay, I'm not defeated. I have victory. We are not in this alone. A few weeks ago, we had another Core 52 verse. I studied these while I was on sabbatical, okay? I wanted you to know that. John 10, 28, Jesus said, I give them eternal life. Present tense, I give them. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Someone said you could walk out, but no one can take you out of his hand. We are safe in God's hands. 
Freedom begins now for those who are in Jesus. John Ortberg writes a book, and he's got a sign in his office for his good friend Dallas Willard reminded him. And he's got these signs in his office to remind him. Eternity is now in session. Most of us think that eternal life begins when we die. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but that's kind of a, you know, give your life to Jesus so when you die, you have eternal life. It's like when you die. No, it's like now. Eternal, eternity is now in session. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. We get to experience eternal life right here, right now. We're not just in this big, long waiting room for heaven. We get to experience God's life now, and we get to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we have eternal life right here, right now. But if you read Romans, there's a condition. Both in verse 1 and verse 39, there's this phrase, in Christ. It's in Christ. It's not in any other way that you have this eternal life, this freedom, this joy, this confidence. It is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I remember I gave you the, the, the old commercial. I'll go back even older school to Sesame Street. You remember Grover? And I always remember him running close up to the camera, and he'd say, near, and then he'd walk really, really far away, and he'd say, far, and he'd do this over and over, near, far, near, far. I can just imagine him with Paul in Romans 8, in or out. Are you in, Jesus, or are you out? For those who are in Jesus, therefore there is now no condemnation. And there is nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the question is, are you in or are you out? And for those of you who are watching online or listening or those in this room, if you're not sure if you're in or you're out, I'd like to visit with you before you leave today. Because eternity is now in session. And I want you to have that confidence. And we'll have a couple people down front after service. If you'd rather pray with them, I'm going to be outside underneath the canopy. I'd be happy to visit with you. But just remember that freedom begins now for those who are in Jesus. I want to turn our attention to the Lord's Supper.